All right, you're now tuned in to the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the NBA's premier podcast. We have a lot to go over on this show, including Paul George opening up about the Clippers' chemistry issues and deflecting all of the blame off of himself. LeBron signs his extension with the Lakers, keeping him here another two years. The Westbrook John Wall trade goes down live on this show. Get our reactions. And poor, poor Scotty Pippen Jr. It is the follow-through with Clips and Drew. Drew. Kick that intro music. Excuse me, I didn't mean to interrupt like Mount Vesuvius. I'm about due to erupt. Use it or I'm losing it. They say I need to loosen up. Tight, I'm well taught. I must do the max like Ludi us. I do have something to say. So you got to give it up. Give it up. Like this What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It is the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 165. I hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. We took a little bit of a hiatus. Drew went on his uh, another vacation uh, (laughs) to the the beach house. Yeah. Uh, So we missed you last week, but we didn't have much to talk about last week. We got a lot. How was your Thanksgiving, by the way? Everything good? Yeah, it was good. It was good. We had uh, had a good time. It was was nice to be actually – be able to spend it with with people. Uh, with, you had to go through. Control. You had to go through major COVID protocol, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were so we were visiting my girl's family, and and um, you know we wanted to make sure they have a, they have a little kid, and we want to make sure that you know we're not bringing COVID with us for the holidays. So yeah, we got tested, and luckily we we're not. We didn't have the vid, as Kevin Hart would say. Um, we didn't. We didn't catch the vid. I, have you seen Kevin Hart's new standup? I didn't watch it yet. No, is it? Good? Oh, it's it's pretty good. I, I yeah, heard he got so, a lot of shit for it, though. For whatever. Oh, of course reason. he did. Yeah, but it was hilarious. I think I, he he just talked. He talks a lot about not giving. I mean, I think the title of it is uh, you know no fucks given or something like mm-hmm. that. And so, like some of the stuff he says is like it's you know it's pushing the boundaries, but it's in his house I, anyway. The, he does it but, in his crib. Yeah, it's, it, That's the, cool. the, yeah, he brought people in. He brought an audience in. Everyone's wearing masks. They're all socially distanced from each other. But anyway, uh, Thanksgiving was good. It was. It, I didn't know how impactful it was going to be to be around other people for me, but it was really nice. I mean, I luckily I live with my girlfriend, so I have someone to talk to and interact with. Uh, but having you know her, her family and, and being able to talk in, with with different people and just hang out uh, like like a little bit like normal was was awesome. Yeah, like we've said on here, you're pretty much the only person that comes to my house and you haven't been to my house in like two months because of, you know, I'm renovating the crib and like just everything COVID and like our timing. So we're actually going to start being back in the studio starting most likely next week. So we appreciate everybody that's been putting up with the Zooms, even though everybody else is doing the Zooms as well. But we got a lot to get into, dude. And I think- Wait, hold on. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? No, I didn't. Yes, I did. I got to be with my mom and dad. Uh, my sister who's in Denver, um, could not come out we, they don't want her traveling. And then we made the, um, this, the decision as a family to not have my sister and her man come out for, for Christmas, which would be the first time ever in my family's history that I won't be with my sister on Christmas due to the virus. So it was a sad day. Um, and it just goes to, sh- you know, and again, guys, like my mom works in the hospital. This is definitely a real thing. It's filling up. Her hospital's filled up. The two hospitals uh, around where Drew and I are from are filled. So, you know, there's a reason to why my sister's not coming out. It's the right reason. It's the right decision that we made as a family. But I promised my mom that um, I will have my sister set up on Zoom Christmas morning. It's going to be 
so 2020, you know, <laughs> just to sum up 2020 Christmas with my sister on a computer. Right. Um, but I did have a good time. I'm, I, it was kind of sad, but I promised my parents that I'll make it good. So we're going to make the best of it. We, you know, my sister and mom who are on the group chat and, you know, we, we zoom all the time. It's kind of like a funny thing now, you know, even though my mom, my mom's just like, you know, if you don't laugh, you cry. So let's just laugh at the reason why we can't come out here. Yeah. I think a lot of families are going through that too. I think the hope is that we all just look back at this year Mm -hmm. years later, four or five years and we go, man, remember that fucking weird year where we couldn't, couldn't hang out. We couldn't have regular, you know, Thanksgivings and Christmas. And hopefully by then we're back on track and, uh, you know, we can, we can all just hang out with each other, but I think it's I, I do cool. think that's what's going to be like for a lot of families like that have you know people all over the nation. I'm definitely not the only one. So I get it in Denver airport. If you've ever been to Denver airport, it is the biggest, most like, so there's so much going on in the Denver airport. It's so big. You got to take, uh, you know, subways and trains to get to your, to your terminal. It's just a lot, dude. And back to what you're saying, like, I think 2020 is going to be like, you know how when somebody's crazy, they're 5150, right? Like people are just, it's 2020 is just going to be like a verb. You know what I mean? Like that's so 2020 dude, you know? (laughs) Um, but I'm glad you had a good time. Um, I'm I'm sure my sister's happy. She's not going to be, at my house Christmas evening. Cause all we do is watch basketball and anything. If it was anything like last year's Christmas, um, I was a, a mess that whole Christmas game, that whole <laughs> Christmas day game, but getting into what we're talking about, man, December 2nd is right now. We are nine days away from the start of the preseason. We are 20 days away from opening night, which is just wild. It feels like the season just ended. Um, we have, I think the Clippers and Lakers will be playing two preseason games against each other, which is great. And then opening night, of course, it's, it's going to be uh, Clippers Lakers opening night along with the Golden State Warriors versus the Nets. Can you, uh, you know, how they set that up is just perfect. Right. I do too. I do too. Um, but I kind of want to get into the Clippers first, Drew, because, uh, you know, uh, Javon Bua from the athletic came out with an article today talking about, um, Basically, Kawhi and PG perks led to uh, a lack of buy-in from the team, right? So he's kind of we we had always been discussing about the chemistry issues, quote unquote, chemistry issues with the team. Uh, whatever team source it was uh, told Javon that there was a few things that were really you know not sitting well with the players, and those being these perks. And I, I knew about Kawhi living in San Diego. We all did, right? And then towards, like, January, we were hearing about how Kawhi was kind of, like, late for practice sometimes because he was living in San Diego. But a, a more stuff came out. Personal security guards and trainers, control of team practice and travel schedule, control over personal playing time. They had uh, later post-game media time slots, than the other players like 45 minutes after the game. So like Lou will and Pat would be the, the, the first guys that would have to have to talk about the game. And when I, when I think about it, um, I, I did a lot of thinking about it today and look, superstars get perks. Okay. Am I, do you agree with me on this? Of course. Okay. Superstars get perks and deserve perks. These perks pissed me off and these perks made me, 
um, upset at Doc Rivers like, and, and upper management. Like, why are we allowing this? Okay, this just seems like a little too much. When a player has control of practice times and like departure times for planes and stuff, that's too much control. If you want, uh, I guess <clears throat> one of the things when they're talking about like uh, their own personal trainers, like Kawhi would like to take his own staff into an, another room which used to be like whether it was the WNBA room or the women's facility and do his stretching by himself away from the team okay and to me like now all this chemistry issue is coming up and and we'll get into Paul George on all the smoke uh in a minute because I think that caters a lot to what we're saying on this right now but a lot of this just seems like a little too much from Kawhi I don't know if anyone I'm trying to think like does LeBron have that sort of control like who else in the NBA as a player has ever been that given that kind of control, maybe Michael in his heyday, uh, maybe Kobe after, you know, after the, the royalty treatment, we might as well have put a crown on his head, uh, you know, last five seasons of Kobe. So maybe, but that, those are very unusual things to hand over control to a player. I mean, that's, that's, that's not special treatment. That's not a perk. That's just fucking crazy. Like who, who would you have to have some authority and there has to be some – I mean, granted, he's the best player on the team, but this is still a team. And, like, if, that, if, he, if he wanted control over, you know, departure times and things like – have his ass fly private. Like, have him charter his own plane. Give him that option if he wants to do that. Uh, don't, don't make the whole – like, I can imagine a scenario now hearing this that the Clippers are all on their plane and they got 14 guys on the plane, everyone coaching staff ready to go. Kawhi's not there. Because there's and, traffic, there's traffic on the 805 in San Diego. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it would be the five. I know exactly where he lives. It's mm-hmm. a straight shot up the five, uh, and it shouldn't. Honestly, it shouldn't take more than an hour and a half to get there. Plus, he has a fucking penthouse across the street from the exactly. Staples Center. So, like, exactly. my whole thing is like that scenario that I'm referring to. Like, how frustrating that would be being Patrick Beverly or name a player on that roster if PG or Kawhi is making you sit on a plane that you know you have to go to Denver <laughs> and you're just waiting for them to come and you don't know how long that's going to be. Like this is, this is not normal stuff. Um, and this, I think to me, it, this shows how much unknown and how strange Kawhi Leonard actually is. Um, this, this, like this special treatment thing has been, you know, kind of attached to him since his days in San Antonio when they had their, issues you know regarding the way that he felt his injury was being treated so as far as like you know the special treatment of wanting his own staff to stretch him and making sure that he's being taken care of it's probably because he felt a little bit betrayed by previous team staffs or especially that san antonio staff that he feels uh you know gave him the green light when he wasn't fully healthy and then caused him to get re-injured uh so that to me is a little bit more explainable uh but but i don't know a single grown man let alone you know some joe off the street some 30 year old guy who would be tolerating this kind of treatment from someone that's supposed to be a co-worker uh, let alone these multi-million you know superstar athletes that you have uh, not necessarily superstar but you know really talented nba players having to go through this that just doesn't make any sense to me i totally agree with you and after hearing that i see I, I, this is why i'm going to take the bubble as a positive all right we stunk it up. And what's crazy about last season is we were finally getting in the group. Like the chemistry was coming together in January and mid-February. Like every Paul George is healthy finally. Because you know PG missed 
you know, the first month of basketball. Couldn't even train, didn't have training camp with the, with the guys, which is a really big deal. The training camp is where you get that chemistry and that camaraderie, working out with Kawhi every day. Like, that actually helps a lot. But we lost that. We lost all of the momentum going into the bubble. And then you have the thing happen with, with Lou and then with Trez. And, you know, we weren't on the same page. I'm looking back on it now, like, I'm glad we failed and looked like shit. Okay, I'm really glad because a lot of these issues are coming to the forefront. And obviously the issue was that we weren't being coached right. We didn't we didn't have that leadership. We didn't have a coach that was being like, look, if we're playing, if 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 we're on a home stretch, we got the next three home games at home. Kawhi, you're staying in the penthouse at the Ritz where you have a place and you don't need to go to San Diego. Okay, so these things need to come to the forefront on what actually went wrong last season. And. If and Paul George was on all the smoke today, and they kind of asked him about that, and he brought up the he brought up the fact that this is crazy because he doesn't take any blame from the bubble, which is just so wild, and kind of just threw Doc under the bus, and how like Doc was using him as JJ Redick as a as a Ray Allen like coming off pin downs and off screens to shoot the rock, and Paul was basically like, I need to get in my groove, blah 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 blah. Um, But he was saying, like, yo, I missed all of training camp. The chemistry, obviously, uh, was affected by that. Um, And I think once we address this and we address the coach situation, we have a whole new coaching staff there, which is going to have a whole new offensive setup and defensive setup. And I think this is going to be to our benefit. It's it's crazy because I went on live the other night on the Clips and Drew page. Combo wanted our boy Combo's court. If you haven't listened to his pod, he's got a really good pod. Um, But he asked a question. He's like, do you think the Clippers got worse in free agency like this season? And I'm, I'm honest about this. I said, I don't think we got worse at all. I don't think we got significantly better, but no, I don't think we got worse. We brought in a couple good pieces. Ibaka is going to be just fine. Obviously we didn't make the effort to keep Trez for a reason, right? And the reason is uh, in our team, on our situation, maybe it's not worth it to keep him. And let's bring in somebody that can hit, you know, a, a three, set the right picks, be the veteran, a champion guy on the team. Maybe this would be a better fit. So, no, I don't think we got worse at all. And I'm telling Combo, like, even some of our, our fans, our, like our Clipper fans, are just like, oh, man, I hope we make the playoffs. Like, are we even going to make the playoffs this year? And I'm like, dude, we're, we're still second in power rankings, right? Like, we have a really good team. I, and if we can get everybody together, and I think this training camp uh, is going to be something that's really important. And I think we'll see in the first five, six games, especially playing the Lakers three times, you know, in the first – week and a half of the, of the NBA is going to be a really good gauge for us. Now, did the Lakers get better? Yeah, they did. They got better, but they did lose key components to that championship run that they had. But it's just funny because it's like Paul on all the smoke, and I haven't heard the whole thing. All I heard was the three minutes they put out. And it was basically kind of just how Doc wasn't using him correctly. So maybe, and he doesn't take blame in OKC. He's not taking any blame in, in, uh, on the Clippers. And it's like, okay, dude, you cheat on his daughter and then you get him fired. And then you take absolutely no blame (laughs) for what went wrong in the bubble. And yes, like he admitted that like, I wasn't the same player in the bubble. I was going through it. Uh, it was a difficult situation for me, but again, that's an excuse because LeBron seemed to be okay with it and he was fine with it and made it happen. So I'm taking this law, this, this complete disaster of, of last season's playoffs as hopefully 
as a team and as a coaching staff, we can come together and, 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 uh, you know, talk about these issues, right? So if the issue is Kawhi being in San Diego and choosing when he wants to practice, we need to get rid of that. And Ty Lue needs to be like, guess what? You are the leader of our team. We may not have that vocal leader. Kawhi, and we've talked about this, dude. Kawhi may not be that vocal leader. He's not. He, it's not may not. He's definitely not. Totally. But we don't know what he's like in the locker room and whatnot. Maybe we don't see it. We don't see it like we see Pat Bev or like LeBron. And I'm not comparing Pat Bev to LeBron. I'm talking about just being vocal and talking it up. Um, and we kind of know that Paul George really doesn't necessarily want that role, you know? So we just have to address these issues. Right. And I think once we address them and we get the chemistry, I think we're going to be fine. So I'm glad this story came out too. I don't think it's fake. I know a lot of our, our followers think that even Jeff Crompton said that's just fake news. I think it's a very real news. Well, I, so I think the first thing, that I that I want to say is in regards to whether or not the Clippers got better or worse, I think Serge Ibaka is going to be the determining factor in how he plays. Now, Serge, I think, handles two problems that the Clippers had before you got him, right? What do you do now that Trez is gone? Okay, solve that problem. And then locker room-wise, this guy, Serge, seemed to be really good friends with Kawhi in Toronto for one season. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, relatively unique. And now we know, you know, Serge is a pretty outgoing guy. He's, he's not bashful. I think he actually is kind of funny. Um, and so if, if we're trying to solve the problem of chemistry and you have this one guy, Kawhi Leonard, who's just out on an island, you, you might have found someone who can kind of bring him back in to the fold of the team. Uh, with Serge Ibaka and maybe that kindred spirit, those, that friendship that they have as much as Kawhi may, I don't know, may, he may say the same amount of words to Serge as he does to everybody else. Uh, but, you know, there's, there's Instagram videos and, and, you know, videos of them with their time together in that Toronto only one season and Serge and him seem to be getting along great. So I think that is going to be a crucial key. So, at, but in order for that to work, Serge has to be playing well on the court because as much as funny as he might be, if the Clippers aren't winning, you know, Kawhi's not going to be happy. So I think he has to show up and play and, and, you know, really provide the, the Clippers with the things that Montrez was doing, uh, maybe albeit in a different way, uh, but he still needs to be able to produce, I think at a really high level offensively and defensively for, for that to be the case. Cause you did, you lost a major contributor in Montrezl Harrell. So now you have to you know, rely on Serge to step up and fill those shoes. Now, the second thing, not only did I hear, you know, the Paul George, uh, you know, all up in smoke or what up in smoke. Uh, is that what it is? Just up in smoke. <laughs> it's not Cheech and Chong. It's all the smoke. Yeah, that's right. All of, all, all up in smoke with Cheech. Um, this is, this is what this guy does. He deflects. He, he's going to make up excuses. He's not going to take a responsibility. Similarly to the way that we know that Kawhi is not vocal, we know that Paul George is not going to be the one to stand there and say, yep, that, that loss was on me. Uh, that, that season was on me. Uh, so that's just kind of who he is. And, and I think that's why he actually kind of fits well as a, as a number two option because he's not the number one guy. He doesn't want that blame. He doesn't want all of that. Um, but I heard that Kawhi was upset with the way that Doc was using him as a ball handler, a primary ball handler a lot yes. of the time yes. um, in fourth quarters. So clearly there was, you know, we, we assumed that Doc Rivers was really great at like talking with his stars and making sure that they were happy. And that was just not the case here at all. 
which is very surprising because that goes against everything that we know of, about Doc Rivers as a coach. So not only did Paul George feel like he was being utilized incorrectly, Kawhi Leonard did as well. Now, it's always easy to point the finger at the guy that just got fired uh, and the guy that's no longer with the team, right? So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. But if those feelings are truthful, then the, the immediate answer to that has to be that Ty Lue has to present something to those players that they feel connected with, that they agree with, that they like as far as offenses, uh, you know, offensive capabilities go. And I think that, I think that they have that. We just got an update. I just got a text message on the Mac that Westbrook is going to the Wizards. For John Wall? I don't – I just – it's in our group chat. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off on that. It has to be for Beal or Wall, right? It has to be. Yeah, let me refresh Instagram here. Yeah, yeah. It's so – wow, breaking news. Rockets wow. receive John Wall and a first-round pick, and the Wizards receive Russell Westbrook. Hey, okay. I like it. I like all of that. So now you have Brad Beal mm-hmm. and – Russ. And Russ. Wow. Brad, and Bertrand's I mean, is back. I, you know, when you think about John Wall, just right off the top, like when, when John Wall is, was at his best, he was kind of like a mini Russ. Yeah. So this, this, could be, this could be good. I mean, fuck, who knows what John Wall is going to look like. He after, looks great. He after, looks great. I know, but in NBA season, it's going to be whatever. we got 72 games. We'll see how, how good he looks great for uh, as far as the season. Don't hate, um, Drew. Yeah, this, I mean, so it's, it was clear that Russ and, and Harden were, are just not – they're not happy in Houston anymore. And so now James Harden is, is going to be playing with John Wall, who hasn't played in two seasons. Wall was on Gilbert's pod uh, last week. Uh-huh. And Gilbert was saying that he looks great. And John said he feels 100%. And we want John Wall. The NBA wants John Wall to come. I mean, John Wall is a talent, man. Like, we, people forget how good this guy is. He is very, very good. Um, I just hope, like, uh, Harden's ready to run, dog, because John Wall is not easy to keep up with. So, and he doesn't play that, that, you know, handle the rock for 14 seconds and go for the, he, he attacks the basket. I think it's a good move. And I think it's great for us. I think it's awesome for us. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I mean, there must, there had to have been a reason for Houston to take John Wall. Like there, and you assume that, that they may have had him work out or they, they had to have seen something to say, okay, well, fine. We're going to, we're going to trade. John Wall for Russ, uh, you know, because the money, the money works, it, it lines up nicely. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they had to have seen something from John Wall to, to go, all right, let's, let's, <laughs> let's make this happen. And, you know, for the Wizards now, this is pretty big for them. I mean, they, Bradley Beals desperately needed <laughs> another guy, uh, but Russ is not going to be the number one option. He, sh- right. he should not be the number one option on the Wizards. Mm-hmm. It has to go through Bradley Beal. He's the one that needs to be taking 25, 30 shots. And we know Russ is very, very usually getting into that 20 shot range. So this is, this is big for, for the Eastern Conference. It's big for the Wizards. Wizards fans should be ecstatic because they actually have a point guard that's going to play as opposed to somebody that's been sitting there for, for two, three seasons. Um, but at the same time, this does seem like a, I don't know, like a sideways move to me. I, like, I don't think this vaults the Wizards into – like any sort of real championship contention. Not I think championship, they, but playoffs. It, it, I mean, it they, finished, they finished in the nine seed last season, so right. you've got to assume that they're going to try and do better than that. But I don't know. I just – I don't know. I, I think this, this is a lot – there's a lot of unknowns here. Um, how, is, how is Westbrook and, and Beal going to fit together, and how the hell 
is Harden and, and John Wall going to fit together? This is, this is oh, very interesting. It's going to be fun, man. I want to say one more thing about – were you done with the Paul George thing? Because I have one more thing before we move on. Yeah, I think I was done. Okay, so sorry I interrupted you on that, but that was breaking news, and that happened live. Um, the thing – Paul George was – they were talking about the Denver series, okay, being up 3-1, right? And he said the issue, again – reverting back to doc was we were up three one and then like uh, in the locker room everybody's just like all right we're all right we're good like no big deal three two same thing we're all right we're good three three there's no adjustments being made he's like we didn't practice like we didn't do we didn't make any adjustments that were needed um we didn't like talk about it we just thought we were all good like we have all this talent and lou will kind of said the same thing and we'll just figure it out right and that didn't happen so Everything, of course, I wanted Doc back. I love Doc, but when all these stories that are coming out, and again, I'm not too, I mean, we're taking it from Paul George. I, I'm assuming that that's what happened, right? Is he's just like, we needed, we needed a, like a, a coach, like somebody that was going to get us out of this. Okay. Trez shouldn't be playing against Jokic. It's not working. We're minus 68 on the floor with him on like let's let's go with zub let's get a marcus but let's try noah out let's do something that's gonna work right why even bring fucking noah there it, he barely anyways so to get off the clippers really quick i'm i'm really hoping that actually i know i think we're gonna come out the gates firing i think this training camp is gonna be uh, a really big thing chemistry wise for us signing reggie jackson to a one-year deal was very good for us i was a little nervous because we still need you know, somebody at that point guard position, we still don't have a true point, but we got point guards that can play. So I'm okay with that. I think the Batum signing, we're going to get Batum. And again, uh, we haven't seen Batum play in a while, but he's long. He's a vet. He can come in and play defense. Cool. I'm fine with it. I don't think the Clippers are going to make another move at all. I think we're set until the trade deadline, but I want to bring something up from my Clipper insider. Cause I had to ask him if I wanted to know what did we Get, what did we offer Trez, right? What did we offer Trez? I needed to know. And because, you know, you and I were expecting, okay, maybe a four-year 50, you know, four-year 60, maybe five-year fucking 100. I don't know what we're going to offer this guy. I heard we didn't offer him anything. Really? I heard if it was going to be anything, it was going to be for the minimum of what we were going to give him. So I, I believe everything that this guy says, and maybe Trez was right. Maybe Trez was, it was exactly right with saying, I guess they just didn't want to keep me. So That's interesting. Very interesting because I thought, okay, we're, like he'd leave if it was a slap in the face. Like we'll give you two-year 12, right? <laughs> two year with a player option at at 18 or something like right. that so i heard that we well, i mean it's it surprised the shit out of me that that trez was the guy that signed the two-year 19 and then morris is the guy that signs the four-year 64 uh to me that was if there is a loss for the clippers it's like why the fuck is that guy worth 64 million dollars i don't his I don't think are, so. His numbers are very good, Drew. He's really good numbers. Like they're, they're not bad. I know a lot of people. I'm not. I'm not. I'm saying he definitely got his payday. He didn't get a Gordon Hayward type like blasphemous. That is fucking crazy deal. Like okay, 17, 17 and six might get you sixty four million dollars a year. So you know it is what it is. Um, and I like Morris. I'd rather have him on my team. I guess. I think that it was funny because bringing Morris in in February, um, Zubak told this story of just like, you know, Zubak was finally getting in his zone and like what he was doing, what, what he 
how he was feeling comfortable on the court. And then Morris came and was trying to be the vocal leader and trying to tell him what to do. There was a lot of dysfunction with that. So as long as we establish the roles and people know their fucking lane and stay in it, we still have a very good team that's going to compete. Now to the Lakers really quick, you extended, um, you extended LeBron, which is obviously he got the max two year, 85, uh, extension, which takes him into his 20th season. Is that taking him into his 20th season? No. So let's think about this. That would be 19, 19 season. Yeah. Right. And we, Davis hasn't signed yet. Correct. No, no signing for Davis yet. But I mean, the fact that LeBron agreed to an extension means that we're just working out the numbers and then we're going to come to Davis probably with our best, our best offer. So I was thinking to myself today, which is big. That's big for LeBron. He's going to be a Laker, guys. He'll be a Laker, probably retire as a Laker most likely, unless Bronny gets drafted by the Orlando Magic and LeBron wants to do one more jersey tour in Orlando, if he can finagle that. Uh, but your opportunity, and if he can get two more, that takes him to six with Michael, and then we can have the, we can have the discussion once again. But I, I still think the Clippers are going to compete for a title. I, I, I hope our chemistry is right. I, I was thinking about something today, though. Going back – to the fact that, yes, we have the season coming, December 22nd, NBA season starting. But we forget that we do have a fucking pandemic on our hands, right? And as of, it was announced today that 48 of the 546 NBA players tested positive for COVID in the initial testing, which was November 24th through 30th. So people are getting COVID. They will be getting COVID during the season, okay? It's going to happen. It will happen with the Clippers. It will happen with the Lakers. It will happen with the Milwaukee Bucks. And uh, when I was talking to this with talking about this with Leon, I was like, you Who's know, Leon? <laughs> for the people, for the people for that don't Leon know. Wood, Leon Wood, NBA referee, who who they're still trying to figure out how they're gonna like their their shit isn't figured out either right now. Because, you know, you just don't want to throw these guys into traveling all over if we're going to get sick. Because we can't get sick, but it's bound to happen. So, you know how, like, last year and every year we talk about, well, the healthiest fucking team is probably going to win the championship. Who's ever the healthiest? And this comes in to play with this. Because I think whoever can survive COVID best, and obviously you have to be a good team, but is going to win the championship. Because, you know, uh, two players on Golden State, they wouldn't name who it was. They had to close the training facility. They, they can't start training until next week. Mo Bamba, who got it in, in June, and he's 21 years old, isn't going to be playing with the team because he's still feeling after effects. We don't know really what this entails moving forward with having COVID, like what the repercussions, the domino effect is on this. So if you're the Milwaukee Bucks and, and Giannis comes down with COVID, you know, you're two weeks without – Giannis, right? If LeBron, if LeBron or Kawhi gets it, you're two weeks without Kawhi. It could be longer, you know, and this could really affect, you know, the, the season and where you end up. So I think whatever team can play it the safest, as safe as they possibly can, Lou Williams going to strip clubs and shit, that all, like everybody has to be dialed in to being as safe as possible and to not bring this back to your team. Because like we saw with Rudy Gobert, fuck, everybody got it on, on Utah or whatever. Three players got it. And if Rudy and Donovan go down for two weeks, then you're just out of the fucking playoffs pretty much. You can lose nine games in those two weeks or whatever it is. So do you agree with me on that? Yeah, it's going to be – I mean, it's very easy. Just, just look at the NFL, right? I mean, today, Wednesday, we had the Ravens and Steelers play because they, they were scheduled to play on Thursday, on Thanksgiving Day. It took them almost a week 
and they're still going to be missing like 18 players. So it, unfortunately, it is an inevitability of the world that we live in that this is going to be a major deciding factor for this season. Yep. You're absolutely right, without a doubt. Uh, I, think, I think what this does do is this does give the teams that can afford to, like the Lakers, you know, like the Warriors, the, the, the wealthy teams like the Clippers now, the teams that have owners with endless pockets and with franchises that are you know, still making significant income, even though there's no fans, um, it gives those teams an advantage, right? Because the Lakers can hire a private jet. I mean, we, shit, we already have it. Like, and I, I, you know, I don't know to, to what level. I'm pretty sure most NBA teams have their own private plane. Uh, but like the level of um, money that, that these, these, these teams are going to have to spend uh, to make sure that their practice facilities are – you know, completely cleaned all the time to make sure that, you know, the testing is done regularly. All of that, I think that does, you know, it may leave some of these small market teams that don't have those same deep pockets a little bit out of a disadvantage. Uh, but, you know, I, I hate to, I hate to start the season out with something like that, but if, if anything, I mean, what we do know from the NBA from the bubble is that they're, they're solid when, when, when they have to go through these rounds of testing and identifying when someone has it, and they're going to do their, their best to get those people removed and making sure that they're doing the contact tracing so that it doesn't spread and that you don't end up with, you know, one team that has four or five players unknowingly having it playing a team, and then that team has four or five players, and then you just have this collapse um, of, the, of the schedule and the season. Uh, so I do think we will be seeing a lot of games that are either going to be postponed or rescheduled or filtered into the, you know, the back end of the season before the playoffs and things like that. Um, the hope that the NBA must have in the back of their minds is that, you know, even if there is these games that they have to move around, that they can just kind of have some flexibility with that last month of the season before playoffs start and some, and some space to fill those gaps in and, and finish the season, making sure everyone has 72 games played before it's all said and done. But it was so much easier in the bubble because everybody's in one place. You're getting tested every day. With this now, what I'm talking about being safe is even the NBA routine of like, yes, <clears throat> we practice in the morning. We go home to our families. We go eat lunch, do whatever we do, come back to the arena, get tested, play the game. After the game, you're with the media and doing all that stuff. And then the routine of going out to dinner afterwards or going to the club, you know, what NBA players do, what grown people do after they go to work. Hat, like you literally can't do that because you're risking everything at this with the, with the girls you're messing with, with the, you know, with your family, with your, with your elders coming to see you. There's just such a big factor in this. And I think every team's going to be touched by this. I think every single team will have a player or a few players throughout the, the, the season that are going to contract this. And it's going to reflect negatively or most likely on your record. So, I just don't, I don't see, I definitely see that there will be a, like a spike in the NBA and the, which is again, domino effect. If, if Clippers and Lakers are playing on Christmas, which we are, and there's no Kawhi and no LeBron, like that money is going down the drain. Uh, you so, can almost bet that neither of those guys are going to play Christmas day. I, I would, I would put money on it right now. Really? LeBron, I, especially LeBron. I'm, I, I would be shocked to see LeBron actually on the court until January. Interesting, interesting call, really. Yeah, I mean, the NBA, you look, Adam Silver may go, LeBron, you're playing Christmas Day. Like, I don't care. You can, you know, you, you can play for five minutes, but we need you 
for the ratings. We need you on the court. And same thing for Kawhi. But I can almost guarantee I don't think either of those guys are going to be playing on, Chris, on opening day for I'll very much. I'll take you on that bet. I'll take you on that bet. I like that. So, but I, so hold on. Because I reserve the right for Adam Silver to come in and say this has to happen or you're going to get fined or something, I, I want to say that if they do play, they're both going to be under 20 minutes. Okay. Well, what if, I, see, I see it a different way. If the Clippers beat uh, the Lakers on opening day, they're going to be thirsty to get that dub on Christmas, right? And LeBron doesn't like losing to the Clippers at all, even though, you know, whatever. You know how it turned out last season. But um, I don't know. I just think it's inevitable that it's going to happen and it's going to affect uh, a lot of the NBA teams. I, I had a fun fact about LeBron, that extension, that LeBron extension, right? So two-year, $85 million. Do you know what that's going to bring his career earnings to over that, which would be 19 seasons? Just you, from the NBA or from, like, yes. in total from his whole? In total his whole for, from the NBA. Uh, what is it, 400 mil? $435 million. Is wow. What can you fucking believe that, man? Right? And if he's not a – he has to be classified as a billionaire, right? You have to with all the assets. I don't think he's there yet. Um, I, he's got to be close. I mean, so he's got a lifetime deal with Nike. He's got uh, – yeah, I think I think he'll get there. I mean, shit, he's got the production side. I don't know how much of the agency he owns. I mean, Technically, he's not supposed to own any of it, but I, I have a serious doubts yeah. in that. Serious um, And I think, you know, shit, if Space Jam does a billion dollars in the in movie theaters – Whenever that shit comes out, uh, yeah, go ahead and put him up there. I mean, if, if, it's all semantics, though. If, if he's not a billionaire, he's like the eight hundred millionaire. So. Yeah, he's very close. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just a it's just a small amount of math and time before he reaches there. Yeah, just a kid from Akron. Shut up and dribble. Yeah, how about that, lady? Four hundred thirty-five right. mil just from fucking basketball. Right. Uh, somebody had reached out to us and asked if we discussed the Luau Dang contract. We're not going to go into this uh, in depth, but I thought this was kind of funny because the the Lakers kind of petitioned to take that contract off the books, but they, everybody kind of knew that that wasn't going to happen. So Luau in, in 2016 signed a four-year, $72 million deal, right? And – He's played 56 games. I think I looked it up. 57 games. That comes out to Luau Dang just winning at life. $1.2 million a game that Luau Dang is getting paid. How crazy is that? Yeah, those are the dog days of being a Laker fan right there. <laughs> that Luau Dang contract, that one, that one set me back. And Timofey. Uh, Timofey, too. Oh, Timofey was – but we got rid of Timofey pretty quick. We didn't have to pay him all that, all that – uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't that bad. Uh, but, you know, look, the Lou Aldain situation is, is almost a, a mirror of what Charlotte just had to do with Batum. Mm-hmm. I mean, Charlotte just had to stretch his contract out in order to make room for Hayward. Um, I don't – I mean, shit. That was probably, what, Mitch Kupchak's last season or second to last season as a GM. We were still trying to get Kobe's ass out there, wheel him out, you know, prop him up, see if he can do something. <laughs> right. Um, I, you know, that was, I think that was more about the cap room and, and trying to toy and tinker and see if we could trade Luol Deng than it was anything else. But that one was bad. And it's, you know, it, look, the $9 million or whatever we have to pay him, just pay the man. It was a bad deal. We don't have to try and like claim, oh, poor Lakers, because we have to, we have to pay this guy because the contract we signed him to. Uh, but, you know, that's just, that's the realities of the NBA. I mean, look, um, I think Rosillo was just on with, with Bobby Marks. And, and Darren Williams just finished his contract with, with yeah. Brooklyn. And, yeah, he, he was talking about all these guys. He, he brought up specifically Keith Van Horn, 
uh, got paid $5 million the last year of his career. And they just had him for two weeks and they had him just sitting in the practice facility reading books because they, they had no intentions of him actually playing a game or practicing. They just paid him $5 million because that's just what they had to do to move the money around uh, to make, to make some, some salary cap options happen for trades and stuff. So it's just, it's just part about being in the NBA. And, you know, some of these guys are luckier than others when it comes to that. Keith Van Horn, totally lucky. So lucky. Well, and the thing was, was with Darren, like he hadn't played in five years and they were still paying him still paying that, him that money. And I, and I think, I think Larry Johnson still is the goat because he stretched his last deal out 20 years. So he's still getting his paper. Well, no, it's Bobby. Uh, it's, it's, it's our, it's our guy, Bobby Bonilla. Uh, he's, he's the ultimate. That's true. Bobby Bo. Yeah. He's, he's forever. He's forever and for always going to have the best contract in history of sports. No one's ever going to do that again. Like 200 K a year until 20, like 52. It's, it's forever. <laughs> it's for every year. Uh, I, I think, I think the Lou Aldo is the next, he, they, they owed him 15. I think they're stretching out three years, five million a year for the next three years. So again, dude, Jeannie Bush could write a check and, and, and squash that right now if she yeah, felt like it. So yeah. it's not that big of a deal. Luckily for the Lakers, it's not that big of a deal. All right. In other news, we got to bring up the, the content of the day today, which is Scotty simping, pimping. Okay. And his estranged wife, uh, Larza Pippen, seen out with the homie Malik Beasley, who's had a rough month this month. Um, and they were seen on a date, Malik Beasley, who is married. And Larza Pippen, who's just basically, Pippen, excuse me, who's basically just a thought, okay? Um, who, this is, this is the wild story. So Larza cheated on Scotty with Future, right? Uh, Future has songs about Larza and like banging NBA players wives. And she's on my, she's giving me head like a plumber or something, giving laying pipe like a plumber. Um, Scotty then takes her back, gives her a $4 million engagement ring. And she cheats on him again with future and then cuts off all of her assets, cuts off everything. And then now is seen was tied to Ben Simmons through the Kardashian crew. And now is seen with married man, Malik Beasley. And all I'm thinking about is, is, is poor Scotty Pippen Jr. Right. Who's freshman at Vandy, just trying to get, you know, just trying to make it to the NBA. And then you, you make it to the NBA and you realize, fuck man, like four dudes banged my mom that I'm playing against. Maybe more, maybe, maybe more. Right. How crazy is this? And what is so – she's not even that hot. and She's 43. Malik, you can't you, – who also got an Instagram model pregnant, if I'm not mistaken, as well. And I don't want to – I'm not big on, like, gossip and all that stuff, but this is just so blatant. And I feel so bad for Pippen. Like, I'm fine. Look, if you – you, you had six-time – champion scotty pippen hall of famer cool you want to go after ben simmons all-star okay cool but malik beasley for real is this where we're at <laughs> well i gotta hand it to malik beasley man that guy's keeping his names in the damn headlines bro uh man it just it goes from like drug problem to you know arrest problem yeah to arrests mm -hmm. to instagram models to scotty pippen's wife um I don't really have much to say other than that guy is staying active. You got to worry about him. Like he's definitely one of the 48 players getting COVID. That tested, that tested positive. <laughs> For sure, bro. For but, sure. Yeah, he might, he might've been number one on that list. If you're Minnesota, 
let's just make sure Malik Beasley stays away from uh, D'Angelo uh, Russell's girlfriend and especially Carl Anthony Towns' girlfriend because we know how protective he is of her. Um, and I just – this is bad news. For a Timberwolves team that really needs some solidity, they need, <laughs> they need some, you know, veteran leadership <laughs> – uh, this guy, uh, and we, we can just chalk it up to a fucking crazy offseason uh, and the fact that he hasn't had to play basketball in uh, – oh, no, wait, he was on he was on Denver's team. Or what? whose team was he on last year? He was with Minnesota. He got traded last year. Okay, so, yeah, the fact that he hasn't played basketball since March is probably why he's getting in all this trouble because, I mean, shit, when you got nothing to do, it's very easy to do stupid stuff. Um, but uh, – yeah, it, it, you got to be hoping that the that is his agents definitely call him Minnesota to make sure like uh, you guys you guys signed that that deal right the, the the signature that wasn't signed in pencil was it because uh, you know we we definitely still need his check coming. This is the exact opposite of what we were saying. The Clippers and Lakers need to do about being safe and not being all up out there. This is the shit that gets players bounced out of the league that deserve to be in the league, right? This is this is the dumb shit that great players do that gets you going to China or Spain because no NBA team wants to touch you with a 10-foot pole, mm-hmm. right? And, uh, you know, I mean, shit, if, if LiAngelo Ball can get on a roster. That was the next sure, topic, baby. I'm sure Malik Beasley will be fine. I'm, but, you know, this is, this is bad news. He's got to get off this track. Well, let's go into to Jello because I have, I have two things to say about this. One, I never thought that he would make an NBA roster. We just I, said that on the last did, podcast. Did we, both, did we both say we didn't think he was going to make a squad? Oh. No, I said I, I, I said I definitely thought he was going to be in the NBA. I, I said for sure he's not going to start a game or do anything important in the NBA. So he made, they gave him a one-year non-guaranteed today. And then I, I was thinking, because I, I, had, I watch a little bit of their show and whatnot, and Jello, whenever he checks in with LeVar, like he's been working his ass off, right? He's been doing three-a-days with the Pistons. They really like him for, for – a reason and he is probably the best shooter like out of all the ball brothers right he's not the tall he might be the most one of the you know more athletic ones more athletic than Lamelo for sure not too sure about Lonzo but he can play and he's worked his ass off so I'm actually really happy for him I'm glad it's Detroit because they have absolutely nothing to lose I posted first that once they signed him I was like well you know Detroit with after all these moves they've made in the offseason I'm just like shit they're just really going tank right now like fuck it let's give jello a right. shot so i think it's a really good opportunity for him i don't think he's going to be a huge part of their offense and whatnot but this is your time to shine jello this is your this is your time whatever opportunities they give you shine brother because this might be this might be your moment you know look i just i think this is more of a publicity stunt than anything else right like if the, the detroit pistons look at how do we get on national television? How do we get more people on Facebook talking about our franchise? And they go, well, shit, let's, let's offer LiAngelo a non-guaranteed one-year contract. Let's see if anything comes of it. Let's see if he's good enough to even stay on the squad. Maybe we can bounce him to the G League team. Like, oh, you know, and, and, you can, and you still have the Facebook, you know, the Ball Family Facebook show going on, and people are going to be talking about Detroit. But if, if you're the GM of the Detroit Pistons and you're considering signing LiAngelo Ball, please tell me you called Isaiah Thomas first. Like, why – just – I mean, shit. Give right. that man a one-year non-guaranteed contract and let's just see if he puts some asses in the seats and does some cool stuff for a team that could use some extra scoring at the guard position. I just 
You're this to right, me, bro. this to me is just, it's, it's one of those stupid decisions to get more social media posts and likes uh, than it is to actually win basketball games. So, and, but I do want to, I want to say a hundred percent, I agree um, with your statement and, and the work that Leangelo has been putting in. And I mean, he hasn't, he, he doesn't have anything else to do. So I'm glad he's doing it. But I, I do want to say like, look, if the kid's working his ass off, okay, maybe he deserves a shot. But at the same time, like, what are we really doing here? You're, if you're Blake Griffin or Derek Rose and you're looking at that, you're like, what the fuck is this? What, what am I doing in Detroit? What yeah. are these guys doing? Um, and, and you know what? Going back again, LeVar said so. LeVar said, I'm gonna, all three of my boys are going to be in the NBA. And all three of them are. So that goes to show that dude, these kids work again. Like, I like Lonzo. I, I like LaMelo. I, I've never been a fan of Jello, but I'm a fan of his work ethic. And if he's been putting in the work like we've seen he's been doing, an NBA team's given him some burn. So something's got – you know, I understand what you're saying about, about um, you know, putting fans in the seats because they need that more than anything, even though there are no fans right now. But uh, shout-out to Jello. Good for you, bro. I, I, now, I watch a Detroit game now, but – He's not gonna play. Yeah, <laughs> you, watch him, you watch him sit on the bench. Yeah, what's this? What's it? What, what is he? A point guard or is he a six? Uh, he's two? he's never been he's never been a point guard. Right. Uh, he's definitely a two or a three. Like in high school, he would play the three mm-hmm. and, and the two. When when they were all playing together, it was uh, like Lamelo at the point, Lonzo at the two, sort of, and then Angelo at the three. And all he did was just jack. He would just he would just cherry pick and jack threes. And so look, I I'm sure his game has evolved. Uh, since the last time I saw him play, I can't tell you the last time I saw him play. I think it was at UCLA. But I don't Did even he even know play he, at UCLA? I don't bro? even know if he got any minutes. I think maybe he played one, one or two games because I don't know. But it may have been Chino Hills last time I've actually seen him play. So I, you would imagine he's definitely had to uh, have gotten better since then. But look, dude, yeah, I, if, he, if he gets in, I'll watch the House of Highlights, you know, 30 second snip of him jacking four threes in, in 35 seconds. Something that I've been adamant about posting on our page was all these new city jerseys. I know we've discussed a, a few of them, and I've, I've been very vocal about how ugly I feel and, and how rushed a lot of these jerseys are. And I'm not doing this for likes or anything. I literally think most 90% of these jerseys are pathetic, right? Cleveland came out, and I understand their – their reasoning behind their jersey, it looks horrible. Uh, Milwaukee came out with their new their new colorway, which is blue. I hated that. Um, but Miami and Toronto dropped theirs yesterday. And I've always been a big fan of the teal and pink with Miami. I love the Miami Vice thing. I love their pink jerseys. I love their teal jerseys. They kept it simple, just put two together, right? The Clippers, who I'm not, I wasn't a big fan of our city jerseys last year, very adamant about that, but we didn't switch anything up. We didn't go to yellow Clipper city jerseys or something like that, right? We went with the same thing, but just made them black. Cool. The Toronto Raptors killed it, though, because their city jerseys are going to be Tampa. They say Tampa on the front. The Raptor has sunglasses on and a Tommy Bahama shirt. That's the creativity. And that's the innovation that I was looking for for these jerseys, right? There was thought put into it. It's dope. I understand the colorway, which is like a light pink and like a super light green, are very off of what the Raptors are. But the creativity that they spent making those. And I just felt that teams like the Bucks and like uh, – uh, Golden State's was fine too. But 
just some of them are so bad, dude. Yeah. So bad. I, I agree, though. I think Miami's and Toronto, Tampa Bay's, Toronto's are cool. It is funny, though. It's, it's almost like they're the, the Margaritaville Raptors now. <laughs> that, that, you know, that, that's, that's kind of the vibe I'm getting from that jersey. I thought that was fun. I think it's a fun thing. I think, I think they are going to sell a lot of jerseys, mm-hmm. um, you, know, you know, in comparison to, you know, maybe some of the jersey sales. That, I, I've always thought their, their old throwback Raptor ones, like the purple ones, were dope. They brought those back last year, I think. Um, and so I think, you know, all those diehard Toronto Raptors fans would definitely pick off a Tampa Bay you know, cool ass Tampa Bay jersey like that, um, and then you 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 would hope that maybe whoever <laughs> whoever Toronto Raptors fans that live in the state of Florida uh, would would pick those up as well. But it is it is it is cool. I I'm I think so. We we talked about travel and all that. Toronto's definitely at a disadvantage. I and completely neglected to mention that. Like, if there is one team that's disadvantaged for this season, it's the one team that that can't go home. Like, they they don't have a home court. They're going to be all living in fucking apartments and in Tampa, in, in Tampa, Tampa, Florida. Um, you know, luckily they're there for the winter time and the spring. Which, which I mean, from from everything I know about Florida, that's a good time to be there because uh, it's not. It shouldn't be too too humid. Um, but. Yeah, I, I do feel bad for, for Toronto in that sense that, like, they're starting four paces behind everybody else. Shout out to Dishes and Dimes, the Toronto Raptors podcast, who just – they these women love Toronto more than anything, and it's so great. And I think we're doing something on Friday night. There might be a Jeopardy live tweet that we're going to – or live Twitter session that we're going to be doing. It's been in my phone while we've been doing – this pod that should be really interesting nice. um yeah it should be fun uh we dropped a new podcast on the basketball news network Kenyon martin um neat and unfiltered it's actually really dope he had a really great written piece about um how uh he doesn't think he'd be able to play in today's nba because of the physicality and how you know that's part of the game and he feels like that the NBA is missing that now. Like basketball is still a physical sport and they're not letting them play. And he takes mad shots at Kevin Garnett, calling him a porch puppy, a porch poodle, which was really funny. Uh, You should read it. It's on basketballnews.com. Subscribe to that new podcast. I think his co-host is going to be Jada Kiss, which is cool. Dishes and Dimes just did um, a really good at length piece on Bison Daly, former of NBA player, Brian Williams, former Clipper, he actually broke my mop once. If you don't know his story, he uh, disappeared in the ocean. His brother murdered him and his lady, which is pretty wild. There's gold, murder, former NBA players. It's a really cool pod. Uh, Obviously, Eton Thomas, Alex Kennedy, ourselves. It's just a really great page. I know I keep plugging this all the time, but you guys should all hop on basketballnews.com. Do you have anything else, Drew? Any final words for this pod? I'm just excited for the uh, for the season. I, I, I'm so happy that it's starting right before Christmas. Um, that we, you know, in in the in the weirdness of 2020, that we're going to get basketball, NBA basketball on Christmas. That's the normalcy that I love about sports. That helps me kind of cope with the, the the messed up reality that we all have to deal with. Um, and I'm I'm very much looking forward to to training camp starting, and I'm looking forward to doing our NBA preview pod. And Russell Westbrook is on the freaking Wizards, guys. Exactly. This should be. This is going to be great. We're looking forward to it. We will be in studio on the next show, so keep rating, reviewing, subscribing, screenshot when you are listening to our show. Shout out to everybody that's been posting the Spotify, you know, total listens. Rafiki, uh, our boy Sean Bishop, Oh Snap, 
uh, all everybody that's doing that. We appreciate you, uh, and we're gonna be back. We're gonna be back in a few days. We're gonna take them out with "Real Ties" by Lil Skies. I love this song, Drew, and you're gonna you're gonna put it in perfectly to this to this outro. So it is the follow through with Clips and Drew, and we're ghosts. On the competition, who tried to play us? Now we on you niggas just gotta pay up, and I ain't done. I'm balling like I lay up, switch flows, switch cars. I switch hoes, my shit goes. I'm whipping the pot like Chris Cole. These diamonds on me, just dancing like we at the disco. No red light, you hear the shots come and get low. Cuz money coming in, people knowing that we lit. Do it for the fam, we gon' die for this shit. It's some real ties when we pull up with the click. It ain't no surprise, they gon' love you. Money coming in, people knowing that we lit Do it for the fam, we gon' die for this shit It's some real ties when we pull up with the click It ain't no surprise, they all love you when you rich Rich, rich as a bitch Money coming in, my pocket Lilo and Stitch Flooded the protect, you see it shine on my wrist To think I was a mess, to live in my life like this Put a rich Chanel, she taking flights on a trip I turn up at my show, get the back and then I dip You never really know when somebody gonna switch It's loyalty and trust, I don't be caught in the mix Cause money coming in, people knowing that we lit Do it for the fam, we gon' die for this shit It's some real ties when we pull up with the click It ain't no surprise, they gon' love you when you rich Money coming in, people knowing that we lit Do it for the fam, we gon' die for this shit It's some real ties when we pull up with the click It ain't no surprise